The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where you hit the bottom, to the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for a big, scary show. This is Chris Ainsworth from the Canadian Haunters Association, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Christopher Presley from the Home Haunter Award Show, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Alex from Haunt Pay, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> hey, it's me, Troy Crivellone from Scare Hollow and the Home Hunter Awards Show, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Kim. My name's Rebecca. Exit 13 Haunted House in Mount Morris, Michigan. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. That Dear listeners, is the sound of 2021 being flushed down the crapper. Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to 2022. The four hosts here at The Big Scary Show wish you the best and safest and scariest 2022 you can have. And we're just hoping upon hope that the COVID situation backs down so that everybody can get out there and have a great time. But The Big Scary Show keeps moving forward as we bring you content as we've done for almost 10 years now. That's right. In April, we will be celebrating our 10th anniversary. But before we get there, I just wanted to mention Badger is back with Deadline News. Storm rants about AlphaCon in a haunt minute. Look it up. You'll understand. Meat Hook Jim brings a new Between the Corpses with the history of torture and execution. The old crone is back 
giving you some great ideas for some haunt inspiration. And we can't forget the Hauntstrumentalist spinning the spooky tunes. We also have a new gruesome giveaway question where you could win a really cool prize from Streamline Studios. All this and so much more on this first Big Scary Show of 2022. Come on the most fantastic and terrifying journey of your life, 4,000 miles into the center of the Earth, to a world within our world, at the Earth's core. Now, American International Pictures curls you at supersonic speeds with Doug McClure and Peter Cushing to a world peopled by creatures beyond your wildest nightmares. The Mosops, whose fiery breath withers trees and plants. The vicious Mayhars, bird women who feed on human flesh. The giant Boz, lizard-like behemoths with poison fangs. The cruel Sagoths, animal-faced soldiers of Pellucidar, ruled by the Princess Dia, whose seductive beauty can drive men mad. Come on the most incredible voyage ever dared by man. Edgar Rice Burroughs at the Earth's core. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Black Cat Tower. Sunday Sacrifice. On the Big Scary Show.
special haunt industry announcement. We are pleased to inform you of the 2022 Fear Expo, which is a live in-person trade show taking place at the Owensboro Convention Center in Owensboro, Kentucky. The show will start on January 21st, 2022 and end on January 23rd, 2022. This trade show promises to be highly interesting and informative, including three knowledge-filled days of haunt master classes and truly amazing haunt industry vendors from all over the country. You can also expect loads of fun with after-hour events, like the Friday Night Rock Party with live bands and Mr. Hyde's Alter Ego Costume Bash on Saturday night. There will also be a nightmare networking session, a haunt tour, and more. Best news of all for the vendors, your first 10 by 10 booth is free, so it would be wise to plan ahead and lock in your space now. And for the haunt owners, a mission is free if pre-ordered or $25 at the door. For more information, visit FearExpoLive.com. That's FearExpoLive.com. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the Earth. This is A Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so it's a new year and it's time to think about the resolutions, what you're going to do new for the haunt, and everything you got going on, and the new ideas, and then... One of the best ways to do that are haunt conventions. And the season's coming up, and we're going to be covering and talking about all the great conventions coming up this year. But, you know, with those conventions, you get the weird looks from people at the airports or co-workers and stuff. When you're getting ready to go, you got your haunt t-shirt and your jeans, and, and you're going out. You're going to go learn, have a fun time, and, and, and get stuff done and make connections. And, and people don't get it. And they're like, how can that be a convention? How can you have a convention for haunted attractions and and spooky stuff i i don't get it well fear not and feel better because i found out today that something exists called AlphaCon. yes AlphaCon 2022 happening in salt lake city this february 18th and 19th and it pretty much looks like exactly what it is yes go there to learn to be an alpha male mainly in business and which is probably selling a lot of protein shakes and um, shady loan bank practices by the look of it. Literally, all the speakers look like the exact same guy. You know, the guy who, at some point in their life, has lost a um, sports scholarship to a major school uh, for one reason or another. Uh, you even look into some of these names. Half of them have, like, the quotes in the middle, like, refer to themselves as the muscle or the bull. But yes, motivational speaking and events at AlphaCon, and, you know, looking at, like, comparison to, like, attending a haunt convention, amazing. The VIP package is on sale for $3,000. Not exactly sure what you get. You get, like, a dinner with that, with some of these nine speakers and stuff, and, uh, you know, the, the, the smallest, even virtual package is almost $500 right now. So, yes, AlphaCon, um, you know, I think the con there might have the biggest thing with it. So fear not, haunters. You get the weird looks. Know that there is weirder conventions and weirder stuff people are dropping a ton of money on than what you got going on for your haunt. Feel better. Keep every minute scared. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com.
Hello everybody, it's Drew Badger and welcome to 2022. This is the first deadline news of the year. We got a lot of convention information coming up. So we're going to start off with this update to Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of actress Hannah Fearman to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta happening February 25th through the 27th at the Sheraton Atlanta Hotel. Hannah began acting at the age of three for theater before showing an interest in film and television. She's racked up a large filmography and has never stopped. She started gaining recognition in the horror genre with her performance as Lily in the horror anthology VHS for the segment Amateur Night. She continued her role in horror-related projects such as Dead by Midnight and later guest starred in the Creep Show episode Night of the Living Late Show as her rendition of Countess Irina Petrovska from Horror Express. For more information about Days of the Dead and to get tickets, visit daysofthedead.com slash Atlanta. We have this update to the Mad Monster Party coming to Concord, North Carolina. Meet Corey Taylor from Slipknot at Mad Monster Party 2022. Corey Taylor from Slipknot, Stone Sour, and others joins the madness in North Carolina February 18th through the 20th. Don't miss your chance to meet him. Photo ops are on sale now. Take note, Corey's management has informed them that they will not be doing table selfies, only pro photo ops, which are limited. For tickets, information, and hotels, visit madmonsterparty.com. Continuing the convention news, we have this from the Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival coming to Romulus, Michigan. We are so beyond thrilled to announce that Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival will be debuting March 18th through the 20th at the Sheraton Detroit Metro Airport in Romulus, Michigan. Here's an official guest announcement. We're having a Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise reunion, and that's why we're excited to welcome R.A. Mihailov to Motor City Legacy Horror Convention and Film Festival. R.A. portrayed the title role in Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. He'll be joining Terry McMinn and John Duggan for one hot franchise reunion. You know what they say, the Saw is family. Horror fans are sure to remember him in other films like Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings, Hatchet 2, and Death House. Purchase your tickets today. Get more information at MotorCityLegacy.com. We have this update from the Cowtown Horror Fest coming to Fort Worth, Texas. We have a special guest announcement. Lar Park Lincoln from Dallas, Texas is appearing at Cowtown Horror Fest. She appeared on Knott's Landing for several seasons as Linda Fairgate, the daughter-in-law to Karen Fairgate, and has made guest appearances on several television shows including Hunter, Outlaws, Highway to Heaven, Freddy's Nightmares, Tour of Duty, Murder, She Wrote, Space Above and Beyond, and others. Meet Lar Park Lincoln January 29th through the 30th at the Cowtown Horror Fest in Hearst, Texas. Get more information at CowtownComicCon.com We have this news on the Blu-ray and DVD release of Adam's Family 2. This comes to us via BloodyDisgusting.com The Adam's Family 2, which Megan Navarro wrote, trades the macabre for hyper-candy-coated comedy for kids, 
will be available to own for the first time on Blu-ray and DVD January 18th from Universal Pictures Home Entertainment. Bonus features exclusive to Blu-ray and DVD include Where All Together Adams Meet the People Behind the Voices, Courage to be Kooky, See Why It's Okay to be Different, Even Kooky with a Little Help from the Cast of The Adams Family 2, The Adams Family Road Trip Checklist. In this how-to vignette, we show you everything you need for a successful road trip with the family. From essentials to games, we've got you covered. In the new movie, we find Morticia and Gomez distraught that their children are growing up, skipping family dinners, and totally consumed with screen time. To reclaim their bond, they decide to cram Wednesday, Pugsley, Uncle Fester, and the crew into their haunted camper and hit the road for one last miserable family vacation. Their adventure across America takes them out of their element and into hilarious run-ins with their iconic cousin It, as well as many new kooky characters. What could possibly go wrong? The sequel to MGM's 2019 box office smash hit has rounded out its stellar voice cast with the additions of Bill Hader as an all-new character Cyrus and Javon Juana Walton taking on the role of the youngest Adams sibling, Pugsley. Hader and Walton join returning Adams Family film stars Charlize Theron, Oscar Isaac, Chloe Grace Moretz, Nick Kroll, Bette Midler, and Snoop Dogg. The Adams Family 2 was directed by Conrad Verdon and Greg Tierman. And finally, we have this update from Ghostbusters Afterlife. This comes to us via iHorror.com. Ghostbusters Afterlife is still playing in theaters, but we're already looking ahead to the Blu-ray and 4K UHD releases. Why just buy Ghostbusters Afterlife in 4K when you can own all three Ghostbusters films, along with a ton of swell features all in one set? The Ghostbusters Ultimate Collection comes with eight discs, some cool art, and supplemental materials. The best part is that the entire set comes contained in a ghost trap. If all that isn't enough, the set also comes with a very rare Making of Ghostbusters book. No details have been made available just yet. However, we can confirm that the set includes Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. It also comes with a yet-unknown two-disc Blu-ray. Walmart has set a release date for February 5th and a price point of about $88.99. When we get more details, though, we will be sure to post you an update. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home haunt or crypt. Mm. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. 
Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome to the year 2022, our very first show of the year. We are just so excited because this marks our 10th anniversary year. We started in 2012. We have a bunch of very special things, hopefully coming down the pike over the course of the year to celebrate 10 years of the Big Scary Show. And of course, we couldn't start off this year without having some big, big cool stuff for our roundtable. So, we want to talk about home haunters. You know, an awful lot of you out there got your start in the haunt industry, putting out yard displays, becoming home haunters. Eventually, some of you went to professional haunters. But we want to give an extra special shout out and thank you to all the cool home haunters out there. You know, this past Halloween, I took my son to the next town over and we spent about an hour and a half walking around a friend of mine's neighborhood. She had called us up and said, hey, you need to come see some of these displays that some of the folks have out here. So we did, and they were spectacular. Got a lot of jello shots too, which was really, really nice, but I digress. But um, for all of those folks who put so much hard work and so much time and effort for the one night a year or a couple of nights a year that you guys are open, you know, there are a couple of groups out there that would like to reward you for your hard work. They are the Home Haunter Awards and the Canadian Home Haunter Awards. You don't have to be Canadian or American to enter either or both. So if you had a home haunt, if you had a yard display this year and you did a walkthrough with it and you've got some great video of it, you could still submit those to the 2021 Home Haunter and Canadian Home Haunter Awards and you just might win a really cool prize. So we're going to honor our home haunters out there with a little bit of information about these award groups and how you, as a home haunter, can enter these. We want to go and introduce our great guests up in the frozen Great White Way with the Canadian Home Haunters Awards. We have Chris Ainsworth, who is up in Thornhill, Ontario. He runs the Thornhill Woods Haunted House and has been doing that for many years. He started the Canadian Home Haunter Awards, I believe, in 2012. Chris, are you with us? Yes, thanks for having me. It, it is great to have you back. You were on the show several months ago, and... Uh, we just had to have you back when uh, we started talking Canadian Home Haunter Awards, and we can't wait to talk about those. But first, we want to introduce our other guests as well. The uh, person that actually got in contact with me and said, hey, we need to talk about this. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Mr. Christopher Presley, who was also on the show some months back talking about ghost hunting, but he has a home haunt in the Cary, North Carolina area called Witch of Canellan. I think I pronounced that right. Christopher, are you with us? I sure am, and you definitely pronounced that correctly. Oh, thank goodness. We, we will ask you about that somewhat unique name in a moment. <laughs> but we also want to welcome somebody who is about as far away from Cary, North Carolina as you can get out in Gresham, Oregon. We have Troy Crivellone. 
from Scare Hollow, also a home haunt. Troy, are you with us? I am, I am. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. Both of you run the Home Haunter Awards, mm-hmm. which used to be a different home, which used to be a different award show that uh, we'll also get back into in just a second. In fact, maybe we'll go ahead and ask that question. Um, the Home Haunter Awards you guys kind of brought back from the proverbial dead it used to be a different award show. And uh, what, what's the story behind this? What made you decide to uh, resurrect this when there was already a Canadian Home Haunters Award out there? Well, uh, Troy and I had actually been talking a long time. Uh, the other award show, Dead with Dave's, uh, Home Haunter Award show, he was doing it for about six, what was it, about six years, Troy? I think it, I, I think it stopped at six years. I think. Yeah, yeah, six years. And, uh, you know, there was the Canadian Home Haunter Award show, but, you know, people hear the name Canadian Home Haunter Award show and they don't think that, they can really enter, they can, and whatnot. And, and Troy and I had been talking for um, a number of a number of years about kind of resurrecting the um, the other award show. Um, and so, you know, after we, you know, we actually talked to Dave and, and asked him if it was okay if, you know, we kind of picked up the mantle, so to speak. And uh, he said it was, you know, it was fine. He didn't. Uh, he didn't mind. Um, and that's so we, you know, we decided, you know, we said there was a kind of a void in uh, in that there wasn't a more uniform or not one that had, you know, a specific country associated with it. So, you know, nothing against Chris Ainsworth, you know, because because his uh, he's got a great award show. And of course, it's open to not just Canadians, but, uh, you know, people from the United States as well. Uh, but like I said, we just thought there was a there was a void. There was something missing, and we decided to uh, to, to take up the mantle ourselves. Excellent. And before- Chris Ainsworth, did did you when was when were Americans allowed to enter the Canadian one? Because what, that's only been for a couple of years, right? Uh, no, it's been about four years now. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. It originally started off as just being Canadian. That's true, but then you know we created an international category. Okay. And we started getting a lot of hits on that. And then people started saying, hey, it's not right. You know, you Canadians get to enter the U.S. one, but we can't enter the Canadian one. So that's when we opened it up to many of the categories. Ah, okay. Okay, cool. Now, before we get any further, I want to apologize. I forgot in my excitement over this thing to introduce the rest of our hosts. So <laughs> I better do that quickly before I get, you know, slammed left and right here. I want to... uh Welcome up in Warwick, Rhode Island. We have, of course, Storm. I thought I was getting a night off there for a second. (laughs) We probably could have done that because you could go out and enjoy that snow that you had last week unexpectedly. There's one Uh, snowball left. My dog ate the rest. (laughs) Down in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I'm sure it was not snowing today, we have Meat Hook Jim. I know. It was about 70 degrees today, but I wanted to say, Christopher, I... Spent a summer in Cary about 39 years ago. Oh, it is not the same. I guarantee you it is not the same. Oh, no. Because it has changed. I mean, I I moved to Cary in 1999, right before the, the, um, the change to, to 2000. And, like, the, the neighborhood that I live in now was all farmland back then. 
And now where I live, there's grocery store. There's like two or three grocery stores within walking distance, bunch of restaurants, you know, bunch of, you know, neighborhoods just in this one little section of Cary. And they're like all like that. And you drive around Cary now and there's like construction everywhere and trees disappearing. And it's, it's crazy. So are you, are you calling him old? Like he was there at the founding of Cary? I don't understand. Pretty much. Yeah. What you're yeah. To say there, he, yeah. He was probably here for the founding of Cary. Yeah, there a statue of him there? The time. <laughs> I wasn't far off from the founding of Cary. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> statues didn't exist when he was in Cary. Oh, right, anyway. right. 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 Uh, no, no, they, no, they actually, they went, they went by and tore them all down. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially that one. Statue of Meat Hook Jim there. I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> uh, I, I used to date a girl in Carrie in 1985, 1986. And yeah, I remember when it was just a sleepy little burb of Raleigh. But anyway, we also want to welcome our other host down in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We have Jonna, the old crone. How are you? I, I'm good. I was beginning to, you know, feel like I used to date you guys and I was getting ghosted. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> but anyway, we can reminisce about Carrie being all nothing but, you know, suburbs and Starbucks these days. Or we can talk about the Home Haunter Awards. And um, I believe Chris started his in 2012, which might predate uh, Christopher and Troy bringing the one back from Dead with Dave. So, Chris, how did you start this up in... Up in Canada, um, I know that there are so many more professional haunts and home haunts in the United States. In Canada, are the home haunters just, you know, more prevalent than professional haunted houses in, in the country? Yeah, I would agree with that comment for sure. It's, uh, it's a little different, uh, up here. There's definitely more home haunters than pro haunts. Um, I think down in the U.S., you guys uh, have opportunities that we don't where you can get into like strip plazas, you know, and older buildings where the uh, tenants or the owners, I should say, are, are looking to, you know, uh, rent them out or lease them. And uh, you guys get good deals on stuff. We're up here. You got to sign like five, six year contracts. And then you get the, the city coming in and zoning it. So really the only big haunts we have are like big like Canada's Wonderland and places like that so there's not as many okay yeah definitely so I, I assume that the the real outlet then is home haunters so you know as far as you know getting out there and doing that I remember a, another person that used to have a convention that or a conference that used to happen in Ontario many many years ago talking about I believe you have basically about 10% of the um, numbers that we have. I think there's, you know, you have a, a few hundred versus we have a few thousand quote unquote big professional haunts, but I would assume that, you know, home haunters all over the place, oh, yeah. especially in your neck of the woods. Like just to give you an example, California has more people than all of Canada put together. And that's just one state. Now we're very vast, we're very spread out, but um, there's definitely more population down in the U.S. So that's why, you know, um, myself personally, I, I go down to all the trade shows every year, like Trans World and Midwest, because there's props and uh, 
makeup and stuff that we just can't get up here that we can get down there, you know, and that's why we end up bringing everything up here. But um, yeah, there's definitely more home haunts. Uh, my, my haunt, you know, we've talked before about it. It's a charitable home haunt. I raise money for sick kids foundation, but then you get other people that, you know, just, you know, take food and they give it to the food bank. Other people raise money for humane society, but um, there was a real vast amount of these home haunters and I was buddies with Dave from dead with Dave awards. And he actually started up just a little history here at the same time I started mine. And we talked back and forth about, you know, what to do. And at that time he was strictly just doing the U S so I took on Canada and that was the birth of me. And as I said, we both started up our award show at the same time and kind of feed it off of each other as well. And, um, we started out with maybe three, four categories, and now it's grown to 13. Um, you know, we Good still enough. have a little more than uh, Christopher and Troy does, and not that it's a competition, but uh, that's just what we chose to do. And that was based on me asking questions uh, on our Canadian Haunters Association website and what people would like. And, you know, we started having categories where we would, uh, I don't know, say like, best static prop category and you know people were submitting huge facades and that's when we ended up coming up with a best design uh, category as well where we had that you know to best uh, set design we call it excuse me where we were able to uh, go after people that did facades opposed to somebody that would just do a tombstone but uh, it's grown over the years and um, uh, as I said we're up to 13 categories that we have right now and um, it's it's doing well. Can't complain. Chris, how was, do you handle the the temperatures, and um, does that affect any of your home haunters? Because I know, you know, we've had home haunters down here who get you know get everything set up, spend months working on it, and then one windstorm or snowstorm, and it's all wiped out. Is that an issue up in Canada? Yeah, hundred percent. We have um, more towards uh, I'd say the middle of Canada, like like uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, they get snowed out multiple times. Um, uh, two years ago in the Maritimes, which was uh, Newfoundland, Prince Edward Island, Nova Scotia, all that area, uh, they had huge tornadoes come in. And um, I had one guy that had his whole display just ripped apart. It was so sad to see it. So you're right, it does happen. And then the cold sets in, and then somebody like myself that does pneumatic props, I got to worry about my uh, airlines freezing up, and then the props don't go off. So definitely, yes, you're right. Question about the uh, the static props and the pneumatics and things like that. Are these primarily home-built type props, or are these like, you know, you go down to Spirit or you go to a trade show and you buy a bunch of stuff? put it together what what is kind of the balance is there about half of store-bought versus half a homemade i know home haunters are a crafty bunch and a lot of them make you know so many of their own props and things but uh how much of it is or do you allow store-bought things to be included in your displays uh we don't know ours it's 100 percent. you have to build it from scratch um we've given out a list of things the judges look for and one of them is first they like to see, let's say, shop drawings. And then from there, they want to see all the products that you've bought. 
And then basically you can either do video or photos of it gradually being built to the point where you've got it in your yard and you've got the lighting on it and let's say fog machine going off. But if you try to submit um, a store-bought prop, most of us are pretty good at pointing out a spirit prop. And um, I'll just very friendly email the person back and just say, look, you know, I, I know you bought this. You can't submit it. You know, it's got to be from scratch. I noticed on your website, it says, um, you know, what, what you were just talking about, submit your entry and do you have prop drawings, um, et cetera. But it also says video, video editing of your haunt submission. What do you mean by that? Well, when people submit their videos in the past, um, and I'm picking this up from Christopher, I heard him talk about it once. It's very annoying if you take your phone and you hold it up um, vertically here when it should be horizontal when you're filming. And then when you submit your video, we like to have it where you've edited it and added in uh, music. Or, you know, you've got creepy sounds coming in the background We've had people in the past when they're editing, like they just walk through their haunt with no lighting and all you see is black and you can hear in the background screeching and that, but there's nothing to see. So uh, when the awards are over, you know, you sometimes get some angry uh, haunters contact you saying, I should have won. This is bullshit. You know, uh, what do you, how do you guys judge? So that's why we put up now what to look for. Um, or what the judges are looking for when they judge. And if you kind of follow, you know, what we ask or what we request, usually you're going to, you know, uh, be in the top three, let's say, of nominees, you know, when we're, we're judging and picking winners. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, Christopher and Troy, how did you guys, you know, take this over from Dead with Dave? Well, um, like I said earlier, um, when Dead or when when Dave um, had mentioned that he was no longer going to be doing this, you know, it was one of the things that I, I actually I look forward to um, at the end of every season was to see the award shows and see what everybody else did and, and, and see who wins and and stuff like that. And when he said that he wasn't going to be doing it anymore, I got, I got really disappointed. I I was like, man, that, that really, you know, really sucks, you know, and, you know, through the, the couple of years before Troy and I actually picked it up, you know, we'd been talking, gosh, you know, really, somebody really should kind of, pick up the mantle, you know, and, and carry it on, you know, carry on with the award show. You know, one of the reasons Dave said he he had to stop is that it was just too much for one person to take on all by himself. And, and I'll be honest, and I'm sure Chris can attest to this. It's a lot of work from website design to, you know, you know, to be able to, to get your entries to actually, reviewing and judging all of the different videos to actually filming and then editing the award show it's it's a lot of work and you know we both agreed that you know two people taking on that same task it's not going to be as a as a daunting task as as it is with just one person and so we said well why don't why don't we do it and um one year i finally you know just said to troy okay let's do it I'll, I'll build the website. I'll get the, I'll get the domain names, 
you know, we'll figure out a way to, to receive the submissions and, and let's do it. And we both agreed, you know, that we were going to do it. Like I said, we, we reached out to, to Dave and said, Hey, look, this is what we want to do. Um, you know, just kind of wanted to get your, okay, your, your blessing on it. Um, and, uh, and go from there. And so we put the website together. Um, we, um, going off of, um, just our own ideas on, on what categories we need to have and, and what we want to, to judge on. Um, you know, we already had kind of a, a base to start from. And then we just built on it from, from the actions are not base, but foundation. We already had a foundation to build from and then just built on top of it. And, uh, and the first one, uh, you know, the first one went off with a little bit of a hitch because of, uh, uh, of a certain pandemic, but you know, uh, it finally got, you know, it finally got produced and, and got out there and we were, we were very pleased with, with how it came out. And we said, <laughs> let's continue on. Let's continue to do it. Well, and one of one of the main reasons that we um, wanted to do it a diff a, a a a little bit of, of a different way was that we coupled it with the Halloween Yard Haunts and Props Facebook page and kind of utilized that as a as a fan base right out the gate as well. And what we noticed was a lot of the people in that group were not um, in some other groups and or they had left other certain groups for our group specifically and the way that we kind of got some, some, some feedback from people was that in other award shows that, I mean, there's, there's, there's been three or four different ones that there was a lot of the same people that were winning. And we obviously have an issue with the fact that we've only had two award shows so far. So we can't have a veteran category or a Vanguard category, that type of thing yet. But um, we wanted to ensure that everybody felt like they could enter and that one of the fir- one of the, one of the great things was the first year that we had the awards people that I didn't even know and we all know me I know pretty much everybody and there were several people who I was like I don't know who these people are and I had to go I had to go meet them I had to go friend them and look at their stuff and that really helped and other people saw that they saw that they were like who this person like like Jennifer Dunahy she was one of our, she was our main winner for last year. Um, and she just, just appeared out of nowhere. I, I swear she just popped, just popped up her haunt in October 1st and was like, Hey, I'm here. And, and it just blew me away. And so what we've noticed is that, is that our show has kind of pushed people out of their comfort zone to submit. Um, and maybe it was just because the last couple of years, we've had a pretty big boom of home haunters. I know that we've all seen Home Depot has been selling out of stuff super fast. Um, every time I go in there, I talk to people and they're like, no, this is our first year putting stuff out. And so I think over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of new people who may not have known about the Canadian one and, and then weren't able to do dead with Dave. Um, and that's the other thing we do is we both, you know, um, market for each other. So, you know, we tell people, Hey, you know, go, you know, go submit yours to the Canadians as well. Um, you know, like I can't, I can't put in for mine. I can't put my haunt in there. So I have to put it in the Canadian one, (laughs) but, um, we, we really wanted to make sure that the people that were entering felt like everybody had a hundred percent chance to win. And from the last two years, most of the people who enter are within a couple of points of each other of winning. So it's, it's very, 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 very close um which is which is great excellent now you have one of your categories is best 12 foot skeleton so i (laughs) i assume 
that you do allow store bought props as part of home haunts in in your your case, as opposed to Chris, who says it has to be 100% homemade. Just for that one category. Basically, we don't mind if you buy a prop. So let's say you buy like for um for best static prop. Let's say you buy a spirit prop, but you and you just I mean, and you just put it in the middle of the yard. You could submit it. That's all you want. You're not going to win. But if you, if you build an entire scene around it and you've created something for it to, to live in, then that's what you're, that's what you're showing us that, Hey, I did. Or if you modify it, we have plenty of people who will take a store bought prop and completely modify it. Um, which is really what we're looking for. We really would love to see more homemade stuff, but we didn't want to specifically say if you have a store bought item, we're not going to accept it but it's how you use it versus right. just, you know, like I have, I have the grave digger prop from home Depot. I literally just put him in the middle of my graveyard. I don't do anything with it. I would never submit that because that's not, that's not cool. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just, it's just, cool looking, but it's not, it's, it's not award, not, you know, worthy. You know, yeah. To, 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 to kind of piggyback off of what Troy said. Yeah. If you have a store-bought prop and you submit it for best static or, or best motorized, or, you know, let's say, gosh, you went to Distortions and you bought, you know, one of their pneumatic props and you submit that, you know, yeah, that's great. You got a, you've got a store-bought prop, but the, the props that are entered that, uh, you know, somebody has, has taken the time and the effort and built the prop themselves, they get more, they get scored higher mm-hmm. than just somebody that submits a store-bought prop. Absolutely. So if you, if you have a store-bought prop, like Troy said, if you have a store-bought prop, you're welcome to submit it. You probably aren't going to win because there are other people out there submitting items that they've poured their heart and soul into and they're, they're going to get, those are going to get scored higher. But if you create an entire scene or you use it in your display or within your walkthrough and you're submitting your display or your walkthrough, you don't get pinged for, um, all, you know, store-bought props. It's all about how you set it up and how you are displaying it. That—that yeah. uh, that is what is being, you know, that—that's being judged. And that's um, and that's what we're looking for for the twelve-foot skeleton. Is not once again, not that you just put it up in the yard. Um, we had several last year that that all did Grim Reapers. It seemed to be the popular modification for it. Um, but they they literally just set it in front of it where the winner who just happened to be Nate Dingman, he actually made an entire photo op with it. And part of it, you couldn't really even see because he had so much else around it that he yeah. had made and modified and things like that. And so it, it, it became something more than yeah. just and, something. And his wasn't a, his wasn't a grim reaper either. It no. was, you know, it was very tribal and, you know, it had like the, the, belt, the foot, the fur belt with skulls on it, almost mm-hmm. kind of voodoo-esque. Mm-hmm. So to speak, you know, the way he really doctored it up yeah. was was just absolutely amazing compared to a lot of the other sub- submissions. There were some people that they motorized it. They added mm-hmm. pneumatics to it so it would move, it would talk. And again, it was, you know, a lot of that was just mind blowing as to what some people have done yeah. with with the 12 foot skeleton. And now there's, you know, there's the 12 foot pumpkin inferno. And we've seen tons of different posts out there from people that have taken what is just a base prop and turned it into so much more than what it originally was. And that's what we're looking for. We want to yeah. see and showcase 
these type of of creations that these people have come up with. So they've taken a store-bought prop and they've modified it. We even have a category called haunt cycled. And haunt cycled is a term that I think I'm the one that came up with this uh years ago. I don't know. I've never heard anybody else ever use it, but it's it's haunt recycling. So you take items uh, that are just everyday items and, you know, something that might get thrown away or just, you know, for whatever reason is not going to be used anymore and you recycle it and turn it into a Halloween prop. That's what some people have done with older props that, hey, they don't work anymore. They're not, you know, they don't do the function, you know, that they used to do. So they take it and they turn it into something different. Well, that's haunt cycling. So in essence, you know, modifying a prop is also a way of kind of, you know, a way of haunt cycling, but not so much. But again, you know, we have that category. So if you take a store-bought prop and you recycle it into something different, you know, yeah. it, it could be it can be submitted into the haunt cycled category. Yeah, generally for that one, we would love to see ones that like you pick up a you know a bunch of milk jugs out of somebody's recycling bin and make make a make a milk jug skull wall, or you take you know you take something you found on Craigslist or at Goodwill, you know something like that that would have probably end up at the landfill you know um Mm -hmm. spirit we all know it either ends up in their dumpster which is sad but you know then then somebody i don't know who rescues them it's not me um and uh you know but you know we love to see what people come up with we had one a couple years ago that was that was an old baby carriage and they got it at a at a thrift store and 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 made it pneumatic and made it go you know back and forth along their along their driveway and that was you know that was really cool how they did that they added the sounds to it and the baby crying and stuff like that so well um, and last year's last year's winter they took an old teeter-totter yeah. That, I mean, was not functional in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Not only did they motorize it, but they added a couple of store-bought skeletons to it, and they, you know, and they doctored it up and put some yeah. more bones on it and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and they turned it into a skeleton teeter-totter. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, so that's the creativity that's out there, we want to showcase, we want to show this off, and it doesn't matter if it's a store-bought prop or if it's a, if it's a handmade prop, we want to showcase everything that everybody does, you know, to, to celebrate, uh, you know, Halloween and, and to, uh, to show off what they've done. I think one of our winners turned in a, uh, they, they cut a pompous grass, which is one of those big ones with the big foofy plumes on it and the big streams of grass that come up and they cut it into a giant spider. And so they used the pompous as the body of the spider and then added legs coming Mm -hmm. out of it and everything. And it was like, you took, foliage and made it a halloween prop i mean that was that was that was very surprising so um the creativity is 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 really ramping up and i know that chris is seeing that too with you know you know with the canadians especially like he was saying you know canadians have a harder time getting actual items you know even you know i mean unless they're going to go to a a a, you know a wrecking yard even even wiper motors are hard to get because they have to pay for a lot more shipping you know, and so the cost is prohibitive for a lot of that stuff. So they even have to be more creative than us. So I, I always give my hat off to Canadian hunters up there. Tell us where we can go look at these videos and these, these winners from last year. Cause I would love to take a look at what you're telling us. So thank you for reminding me that now I have work to do tonight. Um, the last year, the first year we did a, a playlist. Um, we had a couple of issues with that some people had sent us Dropbox links or Google Drive links and they weren't public and they were just videos that they were sending us directly so we couldn't put them onto YouTube. But we did make a um, a YouTube playlist for last year's winners and I don't believe that I've made one for this year's winners. So I will be doing that very soon. But um, 
we have our um I'm actually looking it up right now. Um what's the actual name of our I have um, uh for the Canadian Honors Association, I've got all our winners going right back to two thousand and twelve. He does. He's definitely the master of, of letting you see everybody. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Again, it's not so much that I'm looking for that, but um, I do it because I get a lot of people that will ask me after the award show, like I would have really liked to have won. Uh, what did I do wrong or, mm-hmm. or how can I improve to make myself better? And my response always is go back and look at the previous year's winners in the category that you were in. So let's say you were trying to win best pneumatic prop. Look at all the previous year's best pneumatic prop winners, and that should give you inspiration, you know, and help you so you know what the judges are looking for and, you know, what you should do to improve yourself. You know, when somebody, you know, submits, uh, somebody submitted best pneumatic prop one year, I'm not going to say, who, you know, what it was and, you know, who it was, but they were, you know, they thought they should have won, and all they did is they just showed the prop working. And I said, you know, you should have shown how you built it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could tell that they made it, but they didn't show how they built it. And then when you look at the other people that submitted in the same category, they've got shop drawings, you know, they've got the material that they bought, they've got, you know, video or pictures showing how it was built, and then they have the actual video of it working in their haunt. And of yeah. course, you know, that's going to impress the judges. It shows it shows how much pride you had in making it because you took the time to make that video, you know, or at least take the pictures of it and show the, you know, uh, from start to finish. We've had some where they've done that, but then they stopped short of putting it in their display. So we see it in their garage or just in their yard in the middle of the summer. And I'm like, but the whole point of this is Halloween. <laughs> and I didn't see what it looked like in your display. It's an awesome prop, but I didn't see the final end result. And I was like, and, and we have had people ask us before, you know, um, and we have done the same thing. We have put up our judging criteria on our website as well. Um, that will tell you exactly what we're looking for and, and, and even, you know, you know, creativity and use in a scene and things we break it down by each category. Um, and and to your and to your question, um, we have it's the Home Hunter Award Show on YouTube, um, and we have the previous two years award shows, which we show clips of who won and who was nominated, um, and then this year we have required that all of them be in video form, um, even if it is a video slideshow. So I know the majority of the ones we're getting is YouTube, so we will be breaking those down into you know into 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 um, albums on youtube and everybody who submits unless they tell us not to um we will put them all in a in a, a playlist um so you can go through those um but like i said last year we kind of had hit and miss with what we could put on there so we did the winners if we could and the nominees uh for the 2000 um 19 19 one right yep no it's a 2018 was the one that we did i don't know <laughs> the the years are running together. We're already in 22 and I'm looking at it and I see 2019 home hunter awards. And I'm like, I don't understand the dates anymore. <laughs> and we'll, we'll give you guys a chance to plug your websites and yeah. your YouTube channels again at the yeah. uh, end of the show. But in the meantime, you are listening to the round table of terror here on the big scary show. First one of 2022. We're talking the Canadian home hunter awards and the, I guess, U S home hunter awards with our very special guest, Chris Ainsworth, Christopher Presley, Troy Crivellone, our usual hosts. We're going to take a very short break right here, and we will be right 
back. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Bain takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of Patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from Hunstrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. And we're back to the round table of terror. We are talking about the Canadian Home Haunter Awards and the, I guess, U.S. version of the Home Haunter Awards with our very special guests, Chris Ainsworth, Troy Crivellone, and Christopher Presley. And um, I guess we haven't even touched on this yet. Um, it is not too late to submit an entry. If you were a home haunter this past year and you did a walkthrough and videotaped it and all, you can still enter. Is that true? Chris, let's start with you. Yeah, our deadline, <clears throat> excuse me, is going till uh, January the 15th, that midnight, 2022. So we encourage everybody to uh, submit any videos that they shot of uh, static props, pneumatic props, set designs, uh, your actors, whether it was a male or a female, uh, because we've been doing our show since 2012, we've created uh, Hall of Fame categories. So if you've won in the past, you can enter those to win, because uh, we do have, as uh, Christopher said earlier, some people that continuously keep winning, and it's not fair for others. So that's why we created our Hall of Fame categories. But, um, you know, and, and we even take it a step further. If you want to be creative and you only have pictures, we'll create a slideshow, add some music to it, and you could win with that just as well. And uh, Troy and Christopher, when when is the deadline for people to submit to your award show? January 22nd. 22nd. So you got about three weeks. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound too bad. Go ahead. Yep. Uh, well, no, I was just going to say we've got uh, right now we've got about 58 entries uh, with the most entries being in our um, motorized and our um, display category. Um, but we still would really like to see some more submissions for the 12 foot skeleton and uh, new, uh, pumpkin inferno uh pneumatic and we also have a new category this year called costume best costume um and this category doesn't just pertain to costumes that you might use in your you know in your your home haunt it could be you go to a haunt convention and you create a costume for the haunt convention or you have a, a costume party uh for halloween rather than doing a you know a huge display or something like that and you put a lot of time and effort into the into the costume that you've made for this party um you know you're you're welcome to submit that as well like so a unicorn? Uh, what's that like a unicorn that's a low blow <laughs> <laughs> You know, wow. Um, you know, if I can take, hey, uh, Chris, no, I, no, I can fly no. up to Canada. No. You can't fly down here, but I can fly up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll visit you for your birthday. Oh. <laughs> Should there be a separate unicorn category? And if so, I would win. I guess Troy would win that for life. There, there, you should, you should enter, win, and just close it off. 
It's just yeah. nobody, nobody's one beating done. that. One, yeah, and well, done, one and done. For, one and done. Hey, for no. People who, he already he don't. already won a, he already won an award two years ago. I was, yeah. Or was it three years ago? Two two three years ago. He already he already won something. So, mm-hmm. you know, for people who don't know what we're talking about, consider yourself lucky. Yes. So. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If you were at MHC that year, you went home with quite the <clears throat> quite the nightmare, nightmare, nightmare fuel. I candy. <laughs> But yeah, so no, uh, yeah, so costume is, you know, costume is a new category that we have, uh, for this year. So, um, you know, um, we'd like to see some more entries in our, in our costume, in our pneumatic and, uh, in our 12 foot skeleton, uh, and pumpkin inferno categories. Yeah. I think, I think it'd be cool to see some people who have done, cause I don't think anybody's ever really thought of this as being a costume is that how, if you're making a prop, and then if you make the costume, and this could technically even go for the 12 foot skeleton, because I do know there's mm-hmm. a haunter here who had a costume handmade as a giant scare, uh, scarecrow, more of a whimsical one, but a, but a scarecrow. Um, and you know, so I think it'd be pretty cool to see, um, the, uh, you know, to see some people who have made some that go on the actual props instead of just people. Cause we know there's plenty of home haunters out there who do great ones for their walkthroughs, but I would love to see some that are just, you know, for, for how you dressed up your static prop or, or motorized prop. So I think that'd be cool to see this year. Absolutely. Let me ask you guys something. You're talking about all these awards. Uh, what are we talking about? What kind of prizes are, are you offering for these these awards? Is there a physical prize or is it just a, a virtual award? What is it? Well, for the uh, Canadian Honors one, what we do is we give out um, a customized trophy that uh, we've had made from scratch. And uh, we also give out a certificate. But I think with both ours and the U.S., the biggest thing is bragging rights. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we have we have award statues as well. Um the first year I made them, um and I actually made um I grabbed I grabbed little pallets. Oh, you can't see this. This is on radio. Anyways, yeah, um, it translates real well to a podcast. It does. See, look at this cool thing I'm holding in my hand. Duh. Oh my god, it's amazing. <laughs> let, me, let me describe that. It's about I don't know about 4 inches square and it looks yeah. like a picture pallet. Oh, it's a pallet. Oh, it's a pallet. Yes. Uh, and does it um, have the hands coming out with the red lights behind it? Oh, we did. Oh, we did. Yeah. And they got a little stand nice. for it and everything. Yeah. And they got a little plaque that said, you know, what they won. And, um, that took me a while to do. Um, surprisingly, how many Barbies I had to go buy at Dollar Tree to rip off their hands and how that was interesting <laughs> to have in the house. Um, but, uh, so then the next year I have a friend here who, um, happens to work at a place that does all kinds of stuff with Disney and Universal Studios and things like that. And he happens to me be a fantastic mold maker. Uh, and he has made awards for the West Coast Haunters Convention for many years. And so I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, would you be willing to make some, make some custom awards, you know, like Christopher or like uh, Chris has? Um, and, uh, Christopher made up these really cool, uh, drawings and ideas and, um, Byron Oler is, is the gentleman who makes them. Um, he, uh, kind of took those designs and modified them a little bit. And so we have some really cool, uh, we have one for the best overall, and then we have the same for the rest of the other categories. Um, and so everybody gets a really cool statue with your, uh, with your name and what you want in the year on it. Right, and no, then, I, and then I, like I, in, Chris Ainsworth said, bragging rights as well. Yes, Absolutely. I was going to say, I have a question uh, for you guys. Um, I'll, I'll give one question to Troy and one to Christopher. 
Uh, first one, Troy, um, how do you guys go about selecting your judges or your presenters? And then Christopher, um, what is it are you guys looking for when you're judging the videos? So um, for our judges, um, we have actually started, because we can't have a veteran category yet, um, we have a policy that if you win the category, uh, the next year you can't enter that same category. And with that, we've also grabbed, usually we grab two of those winners and make them judges. So then they can't enter at all. <laughs> so last year we had Jennifer, uh, who had won the previous year's best overall. We had her as a judge. Um, and she actually kind of said thank you because she was looking at, at you know, once she saw the people who, who were up to be nominated and stuff, she was like, this is tough. And she, so she kind of liked the lack of, lack of stress for that year. Um, so we generally take, um, take two of them from that. Um, and we will recycle those or add more as we go along, but we will always have an odd number of judges. Um, and so we will cycle those out as we come about and presenters. Um, it depends on the theme of the show. Um, cause as, as, as we haven't really talked about yet, but we actually do a actual show where we have a, a storyline going through our award show. Um, last year we were at a home hunter's house and he thought we were there to help him build. And we were there to present the awards. And so we were tasked with trying to build stuff and all kinds of things. And um, this year we're going to do something even more crazy and, and with a lot more people. Um, but um, so we sometimes base it on that, but generally we're looking for presenters that, um, uh, you know, maybe are in the kind of the shadows as well. You know, we're not going to go get the people that everybody knows. Um, and um, we, we, we also have had people who have won in previous years uh, be presenters as well. Um, so we just kind of look at a bunch of our friends' names and people out there who have done awesome things in the community and stuff like that and ask them. Uh, but we've also thought about themes like husband and wives. Um, that was our, that was our theme last year was, was couples. Couples. Yes. Yes. Um, and, um, so then we've thought about, you know, um, you know, in next years of having, having, um, home haunt vendors, you know, so, so, you know, people that are vendors, but they're not these big giant companies like distortions and stuff like that, but have it be, you know, these, these, these smaller in your garage vendors, um, and have them do, you know, be the presenters and stuff like that. So, um, but over time we want to try to basically go along and not have the same ones for years and years and years. So we want to have a lot of presenters run through to give everybody a chance to, you know, be in the spotlight and stuff like that. So. Okay. I can, I can um, imagine. As, go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. I was going to say, if um, you know, if Christopher's in North Carolina and Troy's in Oregon, and and one of the winners is in Texas, does that create a geographic problem as far as getting an award to them? Do you, you know, especially no, we if ship you want to put them on. Well, I mean, as far as you know, somebody presenting them, do they know they're going to win beforehand? Are they watching the show no. live, quote unquote? Yes, or? yes, they are watching it live. Nobody knows ahead of time. Um, we don't do where they have gotten the award. Um, but one of the things that um that we've done for them is um one of the shows that I'm on, The Haunt Hour. We've decided that we're going to showcase the winners afterwards, so they'll be able to show off their award. They'll be able to show what they did and stuff like that. Um. So, but yeah, we, we, we don't tell anybody who's won, uh, only the presenter and, and me and Christopher know who has won, uh, each award. Um, and, uh, and then we just have them, you know, have the presenter send us videos and then we put those into the show and me and Christopher are 
for the time being, we're going to make it that me and him get together at some point during the year uh, to film the award show in some part of America. So we, we both fly somewhere and, and, and create the show. Troy, I'm just putting in my vote right now, 2022 Hawaii. <laughs> Actually, we were, I was thinking Wisconsin, but that's. Oh, okay. One of our sponsors is there. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but we will make that outside of the cold months. So we have what July fifteenth to, to July eighteenth. Is that is that pretty much the not cold time of Wisconsin? Right. I think. <laughs> yeah. You should actually probably go right across the street from Meat Hook Jim's house. He's got probably one of the best Halloween yard display year round things anywhere. Well, we we will actually be in Ohio this year. We're going to be in Ohio probably the end of April. Oh, what part? Uh, probably Columbus, just because of the geographics and some of the stuff we're doing for the show will be needed to be in that area. Um, the airport and some of the other stuff and a place we're staying will actually have part of the show in it. So it'll be kind of a, uh, a means, but, um, there's a possibility because, um, uh, Maximus Christian Bryant, who is awesome, uh, is our main sponsor and he lives, uh, just outside Cincinnati. Um, so if he can't come to us, then we will be going to him. Um, since he's an integral part of the show this year. Um, so, uh, but we'll, we will be in that area, uh, sometime in April, probably. So just north of Cincinnati. So, okay. We're going to have a rental car. So I may have to go see the cemetery that you're talking about. So normally we do like a Thursday to Monday type thing. So we may have some time to scoot over there. Yeah. Sure. That'd be great. Just let me yeah. know. I will. Yeah, absolutely. As far as judging in and and the criteria that we uh, are looking for in in the uh, categories, um, like the walkthrough and display, it's the same. You know, we want to see, you know, what's your use of lighting, your use of props. You know, is there a theme throughout, or is there a story throughout the entire walkthrough or the display? You know, the quality levels, our first impression of the. Uh, of the video, you know, you know, does count, you know, and, and, you know, attention to the little details, you know, this is might be, might not be something that, you know, is normally picked up by, you know, your everyday Joe that's walking through the haunt, but might be something that's picked up through, um, you know, through like the, the, I don't want to say serious home haunter, but more the well-seasoned home haunter that might look for the little details, you know, you know, did you pay attention to the little details? So that's typically what we're looking through, uh, through the walkthrough and the displays props, you know, and this, this is, you know, for pneumatic electrical, uh, motorized, I should say, because motorized doesn't technically need, technically mean electrical, uh, as we were, as we were shown last year and uh you know and and static and it's you know originality complexity we like to see the 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 progress of of how the the prop came to be you know the quality or the realism uh usage within of the particular theme or the scene and again first impression you know when we see there's all be like oh my gosh you know that you know that does you know give it a you know a, a bit of a good score um haunt cycled prop is a little different um, you know, we also, we, you know, we look for the originality and the complexity, the, the detail, the quality, the realism, but we want to see what the original item was that was, that, you know, that was used to make this prop. Um, that's, you know, we really want to see kind of how this, how this transitioned from what it originally was to the prop that's in the, that's being used in the, um, in the theme or the scene. Um, and then with the costumes, 
you know, we want to see, you know, its presentation, how much effort was put into it, um, complexity, originality, and attention to detail. And that's really what we're what we're looking for uh, in, in all of the different categories. And then, you know, each category is scored, uh, you know, one to ten. You know, one being the lowest, ten being the highest. And then, um, essentially, every judge is looking at every single submission in every single category, and they're giving it a score. You know, they're giving you know the criteria a specific score, and that gives the total overall score for that entry and then we take all of the uh, judges um, scorecards and we combine them into one that gives the total score of the category or you know for the the um, entries into that category and obviously who scores the highest uh, wins um, now we have not yet had a um, a tie in any of the categories yet, but we do have a tiebreaker, um, you know, um, tie, tiebreaker plan, so to speak, uh, if something like that does come up, um, which, you know, we'll break the tie between the two or the three props to, or, or entries that uh, score the same. Um, and then best overall is essentially the winner of each category uh, and who scored the highest in each in in each category so you know um you know if we have you know let's say we have you know five people judging that's a grand total of 300 points that a, a person can can score so you know whoever scores the highest in their category wins best overall Does bribes um, work what's that do bribes work no. Um well, if you talk to Troy, no, but if you talk to me absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah, no, because I me. because I'm the one that that uh created the Excel workbook that calculates everything. Uh-huh. He has no idea. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I will take your money. But I also um will Who said, who said it was money? Well, you I I just got a bunch of snow, so you can't offer me that. And I don't well, know what else Canada has that you know. That's, that's Canadian money, is it? I mean, is I'll it take. Really I will money? absolutely. I will <laughs> absolutely cool take rights? some of your props. I will take some of your props. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Better be in your will, right? Right. I mean, you've got sweet, many years sweet left. Maple but... syrup. Yeah. <laughs> sweet, sweet and maple, maple syrup. Um, <laughs> I will take that. Actually, um, we one of the what one of the biggest things, and I'm sure that Chris has ran across this as well in his in his days of doing this, is the idea of if you're going to do this on a cell phone please do it in landscape. Please turn your phone hot dog. Make it look like a hot dog and film it because you're going to get more, you're going to get better quality. Your camera that uses it when you put it in landscape mode is different than the one that does it in portrait. Um, it does more pixels. It does more, you know, everything. And we can see more detail. Um, and it really, it, it will lower your score if you put it in portrait mode. It, it, you know, it, it, if you're doing a prop or something like that, and it's basically centered in that thing, and you're only trying to get that detail, we, you know, we understand that. Um, and if you really convey that in the video, then that's fine. But we've had many videos come across that are in the portrait mode, and it really degrades what you're trying to get across. And we want to see how proud you are and what you've built. Um, and yeah. sometimes, I, just, I mean, I'm guilty I, of it of running across and going. You know, and we've noticed that when you when you have it in portrait mode and you move, it doesn't track as well as when you're doing it in landscape. 
it does, you know, the camera is better. So do your best to flip it hot dog. Yeah. And I just want to make, I just want to kind of, uh, make something a little clear. Just because you, you film it in landscape, that doesn't, or, uh, yeah, in landscape, no portrait mode. Uh, that's, that's not uh, an immediate, you know, you're, you're, you're scoring less because it, because it's in landscape. It just, it hurts your score because you're missing out. You're, you're missing a lot of the detail. Mm -hmm. And when you film, when you film it in landscape, you miss a lot of the, the ambiance that goes around Mm -hmm. your, the the prop that you're trying to focus on or the scene that you're focused on, focusing on because you have to pan your camera to the left and the right to, to see everything. And if you can see everything in one shot, it's a lot better than watching somebody pan the entire scene. Um, just because you're counting on the person to remember what they just saw two seconds ago. (laughs) So. It can it can hurt your score, but you're not getting scored less because it's in uh, right, it's right. in landscape mode. Um, one of the things that I've also noticed is for people who are doing walkthrough haunts, um, it doesn't seem to hurt too much on um, display haunts. Um, but if you have fog going and you have any sort of light on your camera or you have light around it, that camera will pick up that fog first. And it will, it will really, I mean, it, it pretty much blanks out what's behind it. Um, it's just like driving through fog with your high beams on. You're going to see a lot less. You think you're going to see more, but you're going to see a lot less. Um, and so, you know, we understand that fog is an integral part of a lot of our displays and walkthroughs. Um, but it may also be a good idea to maybe do two, two walkthroughs, do one without fog and do one with. Um, and then maybe splice them together. And, you know, some scenes might look great with the fog and some not. Um, you know, so really, and I know most people have already filmed their videos, so this is kind of mute for this year, but in future years, um, you know, to, to just kind of see, you know, do it one night with the fog and then look at it and see how it looks and then go back and film it again, you know, if you need to another night. Um, but, um, I've noticed that in a few of ours that we've, that, that we've received that the fog kind of, kind of ruins the detail behind it. Those that have, um, that are doing entries for like pneumatic props, do you want to see one with like all lights on, see how it's operating and then do another one with lights off? As much detail as you can, because the more detail, like I've said before, the more detail shows how much pride you had in what you made. Um, and it will, it will help with the first impression score. It'll help with the, you know, um, basically allowing us to see how it all works. Like I am totally foreign to, to, to pneumatic stuff. I don't understand how it all works. There's a lot of pieces and a lot of bolts and nuts and all that kind of stuff. So for you to show me how you got it from some, from one cylinder to this giant alien coming out of a, you know, coming out of a building, you know, I would love to see the inside of it too. Just, I mean, that's what all of us do when we go to home, you know, when we go to pro haunts, we're always trying to look behind, you know? And, and um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the more detail you can show us, for for you know for both of our award shows is 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 only going to help you you have some people who are afraid to show too much of how they made something because they don't want someone to steal their idea or do they have the same philosophy as a lot of haunters in that um you know imitation is the most sort of form of flattery chris do you have her Ever came I, I've like never that? had an issue with that. You know, we tell everybody in our notes uh, when you submit the rules that if you submit your video, like everybody's going to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually splice and put like 10 seconds of it in my intro. Yep. 
So, um, you know, I don't want anybody getting bitter coming back and saying, I didn't give you, you know, the rights to do that. And that's when, you know, you're covered by saying, well, it tells you in the rules when you submit your video. But again, I've never had anybody do that. Like everybody's proud to show off, you know, and, and we all feed off of each other. And I take it as flattery if somebody copies something that I've done, you know, and you, you see it next year. Yeah, I, I, the way that I've taken it is, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of us that even make how-tos, so we can't even say anything. You know, I mean, if you have one how-to out there of anything you've made, you pretty much can't say, well, you shouldn't be making that. Well, you made how-tos, you know? And so, you know, one, one of the things that I've always reiterated to people that have come up and said something like that about other people's, you know, props and stuff like that. Oh, you took that prop and changed it and made, and made it this. Well, A, that's the point, is that everybody wants to make some i mean there's only a finite amount of halloween props we can make i mean there are a lot of original ideas every year but each year probably gets a little less you know and if if i make something chris ainsworth has almost no ability to make it the exact same way because his creativity is different his mind is different and he's going to make it different and make it his he may use my basic design but he's going to modify it to make it look the way he wants so my, my unicorn costume will definitely look different yeah, yeah, probably less strapping, right? <laughs> Show off the pecs, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I've, I've, I've always, you know, um, I love seeing ones that I've done how tos for and see what they, what they've made out of it. Um, some people have made almost exact replicas of it, and and I'm and I'm fine with that because I've done the same thing to other people. You put a how to out there, I'm gonna try probably the first time to make it the same way, you know, because then I then I know, okay, I've made it, it works. Now I can do something different to it the next year or make another one different next year. So um, I don't think we've ever had, I think that, I think that mentality of that don't take my idea that, that pretty much kind of stays with the pro hunters only because there's money involved and there's profit, you know, and there's, and there's, and there's, and there is a bit of secrecy to that. And even, even the prop makers, you know, like people from Gorgalore and stuff, he's not going to go out there and tell you how he, how he makes his props because he doesn't want you to, you know? Um, so I, you know, and I like that. I like that pro hunters are not going to sit there and be like, yeah, this is how I make all my stuff, you know? Um, because we do need to have, you know, some secret cool stuff that we get to experience in October, you know? Speaking of pro haunters, have you had any of the people who've submitted to your shows turn pro? Yeah. That you know of, Chris? Yeah, I, I've, we've got a couple here in Canada. They, they started off uh, as home haunters and they've now moved on and uh, they're, they're pro haunters now. Yeah, definitely. Very nice. I don't think we have yet. I'm sure Deb with Dave had a few. Excellent. Yeah, no, so we, I, yeah, we, we haven't seen anything like that. So I imagine already you guys have seen some pretty cool ideas and themes um, from entries. Uh, what is the coolest one you've seen and what type of chupacabra were they using? <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite one so far has got to be uh, 13 Skeletons Rue Goldberg machine for uh, best motorized prop. And they oh, yeah. literally created a Rue Goldberg machine that spanned yeah. the entire uh, span of their front yard mm-hmm. and uh, all to fill a bowl of candy. Yeah. And, and I mean, the you know, they're using bowling balls and just I mean, you've got to you've, you've got to watch the award show to see it because, I mean, it's just it's just unreal what this guy did 
Well, and they had the daughter. I think it's the granddaughter of Rube Goldberg actually came by and saw it. And yeah. oh my like, goodness, they, they, they had a whole afternoon with her and she was just amazed at what they had done. And it was in the exact spirit of what he had, you know, thought. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I was going to say, please tell me that the video submission had like that digital popcorn music doo, 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 going on. But when you have, you know, somebody from the Goldberg family, the Rube Goldberg family, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And he does wow. something, he did something completely different this year, a hundred percent different. Um, and he starts his out. It's, it's so unique. He starts his out. The reason he calls it 13 skeletons is there are 13 of them. They're the really old blow mold skeletons that have like the puffed out triangular chest and everything like that. And the, uh-huh. uh, you, you, know, you know, I mean, there's no posability to them unless you physically have, have added wires and all that kind of stuff. And they're, they come out of the yard. And they literally come up out of the ground or he has a mine shaft where they've come out of the mine shaft. And so each day they're building a part of it. And one year he had this big giant box and it was the, you know, the first day it was just dirt. And the second day it's an entire, like, it was like a 30 foot by 30 foot wooden crate that was sitting in his yard. And it was only about 10 inches of it out of the ground. You know, and so then the next day it's all the way up and the skeletons are breaking it apart. And so each day he progresses it. And then while that box is in there, he's building inside that box or whatever they're, you know, they're doing. And so he, he really, I mean, out of, out of any home haunter I've seen, he's the one who has done like the most buildup and he's on a main street school buses go by every day. And they're just like, people just stop and just be like, I, I just can't wait. And now he does riddles each day on Facebook to tell you what the next day's little, you know, the advancement for next day is going to be. And so, I mean, he's just, I don't know where he finds the time. I thought I had all the time and I'm up all the time, but this guy must never sleep because it's just, it's crazy what he does. You know, that's one great advantage that the home haunters have that I do kind of miss is, (laughs) um, you know, whenever I'd be working on a display, you know, people can really stand there and admire it. And you're going for like just the whole love of, of Halloween and, Mm -hmm the appreciation of the the creepy things and the cool props that you can build and and funny tombstones and things like that whereas in a a pro haunt you know we're we're getting people through and we're scaring them so a lot of the stuff that we can spend hours building yeah. people only see for maybe 30 seconds and if you're scaring them good they don't remember that they're remembering the scare right. so i i do miss some of that you know um that that home haunters, you know, they, they get that real appreciation for what they're doing all year. I think that's why I've, I've noticed a lot of the pro haunts have been doing amazing things with their queue lines and they're outside, you know, um, where people are driving up and they're walking up to the building and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of them remembering about that being, being, being display haunters and stuff is seeing, you know, you know, cause in a queue line or when you're driving up, you have all the time in the world to look sometimes you got three hours to look you know um like i i went through dark hour in july this year and i like i was i thought i was in the haunt they're like no we're still in the queue line this is like building three of the queue line and i'm like this is this is awesome this is great stuff to look at you know and so they take i mean it seems that a lot of pro hunters take just as much pride in their queue lines now as they do their haunts you know and and maybe that's maybe that's their 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 return to home hunting a little bit so that's cool to see well, looking at the clock, we do need to sort of start winding this down. I know we've been talking a good bit about this, but um, let's reiterate a little bit. and Let's start with Chris Ainsworth. Um, for people who are home haunters and have, you know, gone through and, and filmed their stuff, 
where can they submit these to? What are the minimum requirements that you need to submit? And most importantly, what is the deadline for submission? Let's start with Chris, and then we'll finish with Christopher and Troy. Uh, you're welcome to submit your uh, videos to the Canadian Haunters Association.com. And on the website, we have a contest uh, menu tab that you click on. Scroll down a bit, it gives you all the rules and regulations. And then there's uh, a tab that you can click to submit your video. That opens up an online form. And then in there, you can select the category that you're choosing to enter. Uh, submit the link to your video and you give all your personal information. We turn around and we post it in two places. First, we post it on our Facebook page so everybody can see your video. And then secondly, we post it on the uh, Canadian Honors Association contest page. And that's where all our judges go to watch the videos when they're looking to score. And just to reiterate, you do not have to be from Canada in order to enter the Canadian Home Hunter Awards, correct? No, you don't. We have both Canadians and American. Uh, our deadline, again, is January the 15th, midnight. And um, the videos we ask not be more than, say, 10 minutes long. Anything after that, the, the judges will maybe watch. But, you know, you, to sit there and watch, you know, over 100 videos that are half an hour long, it's a lot, and mm. um, we really appreciate what these uh, ghouls and uh, girls do because uh, we're not paying them. They're, they're, they're volunteering their time, so we don't want to make it too long. And Christopher and Troy, same question. What are the deadlines? What are the absolute requirements, and where is the best place to submit their videos? All right, so deadline is January 22nd of 2022. Um, the only requirements that we have is that it must be, it must be your haunt from, uh, the 2021 season must be a pro, you know, if you're submitting a prop, it must be a prop that you've built from the 2021 season. Um, and, you know, and then it has to be video submission. Um, you know, and we take YouTube links or, uh, um, cloud uh, cloud drive or cloud-based storage links, uh, obviously with uh, a requesting of you have to make them um, accessible uh, because we have had a few submissions where we've had to request um, access to those. So it's just, it's best if you make them just accessible to, to everybody who has access to that link. Um, and uh, Troy, uh, you know, let me know if I'm leaving anything out. No, that sounds good. Alrighty, fantastic. Okay, uh, they can uh, anybody who uh, wishes to submit an entry can go to www.hhawards.rip.rip. There you will. Uh, our homepage has a list of all of the categories that we are accepting. Um, has a link to last year's show and all their winners. There's a criteria page, a submission page, a sponsorship page, um, all of that. So they can go there and browse to their heart's content and use the submission link to uh, submit uh, an entry. Perfect. So if you're a home haunter out there, you have a couple of weeks left to get your entries into the Canadian Home Haunter Awards. 
and the Home Haunter Awards using the websites that they just mentioned. So I do want to quickly ask, are there any final questions from our hosts? Ah, it's been very comprehensive and uh, and informative. Jim, do you do a display? I've never even asked you that. Not a whole lot. I I mean, I still have my skeleton up from Halloween. I haven't taken it down yet. (laughs) It's mounted on the balustrade of, you know, Drew, you've seen my house. Oh, yes. Uh, Drew Hunter. I've got my skeleton climbing up the balustrade, and I've got a cat on staring up next to him, all skeleton. And my wife broke my howling wolf skeleton. The head oh, no. fell off, but I'm going to work that into next year's display. I decided this year that I would um, stop um, worrying about where I was going to store stuff for the three months between, you know, Halloween and Christmas. And uh, so I left my entire Halloween display up and changed it over to Christmas. I changed the tombstones to red and green and added snow to them and changed all the skeletons over to different Christmas stuff and, and uh, changed the mausoleum over to Senna's workshop. And, and uh, it was, it proved very, I had a very relaxing November. I didn't have to do a whole lot. It was great. Not having to figure out where to store all the stuff and then haul out all the Christmas stuff. And now my backyard's empty. So now I got time to build another shed and put all of it away, but Maybe maybe both of you should include a Christmas display with Halloween props as another category at some point. Because a lot of people do use yeah. you know, we've all seen the twelve foot skeletons decorating trees with Christmas mm-hmm. lights and, and things like that. And I think that would be a, a very interesting category. Yeah. That actually has been something that Troy and I have discussed. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Because people don't people, you know, generally we've noticed that people really don't start submitting videos until about the you know the beginning part of December, um, a lot of people take some time off in the beginning part of November, and we all understand why. Um, and then they kind of get you know get their videos together and start editing and stuff like that. Um, you know, so um, it would probably just push the push the submission date out to like the end of January, just so people would have time to make you know make one for that if they wanted to. Um, hmm. You know, I'm sure it wouldn't be a huge amount of entries, but you know that's something we can definitely uh, discuss. Good idea. Very, very we'll nice. call it. The, we'll, we'll we'll call it the Drew Award. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> At least it's not the Unicorn Award. That's right. That's right. That's saved for Chris Ainsworth. Evidently, he's he's really pushing that Unicorn thing. So <laughs> I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> well, once again, guys, we definitely are looking forward to seeing the entries that are coming in this year. We can't wait to see the Home Haunter Awards show on YouTube and on the Canadian Home Haunter Awards webpage and all that good stuff. Um, let's go ahead and let you guys plug your own home haunts. I know that a couple of you have websites, if not all of you, at least on social media. So Chris Ainsworth up in Thornhill, Ontario, you have Thornhill Woods Haunted House. I know it's a charity haunt um, for people who want more information or who may want to donate to a very good cause. How can they get more information? Uh, com, And we also have a Facebook page and we have an Instagram page as well. And you donate to the Sick Kids Foundation. That's every correct. Year. Yeah, we've been doing that. Now, since uh, 2004 and year to date, we're at 160,000 that we've donated. Wow. That's pretty awesome. That, that is fantastic. 
Uh, Troy, you have a home haunt. Does it have a social media presence? Yep, I got uh, it's Scare Hollow PDX on um, on uh, Facebook. I have a website, but eh, Facebook and I have and now evidently I'm on TikTok now. So I blame Christopher on that. Yeah, yeah, I blame Christopher yeah. on that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really know how to use it because I'm like over the age of 15. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure <laughs> out how to, I did one the other day. It was 15 seconds and I was like, why did it stop? I wasn't done talking. I didn't realize there were other lengths you can do it. Yeah. Um, no, no. Tick, TikTok says, no, Troy, you've talked enough. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, ironically, mine only says 15 seconds. I don't understand that. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> So yes, it's uh it's Scare Hollow in um in uh um in Portland, uh, just just outside Gresham. We got a Facebook page, um the big old graveyard, and uh it's you know, it's pretty cool. Excellent. Uh Christopher, tell us about Witch of Ken Ellen. I again I hope I pronounced that right. You, Does it you have did. a page? You did. No, we don't we don't do anything with social media. We're we're a uh just a very small townhome display. So what we uh, you know, what we display is, is very small scale. So we really don't do much of a uh, social media, but uh, we did participate last year in the skeletons for St. Jude uh, fundraising campaign. We put a sign out in front of our haunt and everything else like that. And, and uh, this was a nationwide campaign that actually started from a guy outside of Chapel Hill, um, Jeff Robertson. And um, together with, with the help of a lot of different home haunter and a lot of different individuals, uh, the campaign was able to raise over $150,000 for St. Jude. So um, I'm proud to say that we were a part of that last year. Um, but yeah, no, no social media, just a, just a humble little town home display. <laughs> And and again, that is fantastic news to hear. No one ever said haunters were not charitable, because some of some haunters can be the most charitable people. And and again, you know, raising money for a good cause like that, everybody wins. But uh, we want to thank again Chris Ainsworth of the Canadian Home Haunters Association. Once again, you can go to CanadianHauntersAssociation.com for more information about the contest, the Canadian Home Haunter Awards for 2021. Um, Christopher Presley and Troy Crivellone of the Home Haunter Awards. You can go to hhawards.rip, that's .rip, which I didn't even know was an extension. That mm-hmm. is freaking awesome. And you can check out their 2020 award show, and I assume 2021 will be up there shortly. But again, we could not do this without our fantastic hosts, including someone who does a, a very nice yard display with singing pumpkins. We have Storm. Thank you. Mine's like 100% store-bought. I just sort of throw some things around and cut holes on it so it goes on the fence. So this is just <laughs> so far out. And it, But it is so refreshing to actually have something to recognize haunters and it not be the local news where they do an awful description of it, show the worst prop, mm-hmm. get all excited with it, put their own spooky music, and pretty much describe it as Disneyland gone bad. So it, it is so refreshing <laughs> you guys have put so much time into doing these two types of things. Oh, hey, Troy, there's a good, there's a, there's a new description for us. Disneyland gone bad. I like that. Mm. No? Okay. <laughs> Remember, you're in the Bible Belt, Christopher. You might get the protesters out of that. Oscar's point. gone bad. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Your Cable Ace Awards. 
going. Oh yeah, that. yeah. We are we are we are nowhere near the caliber of that. I mean, we are local access cable cable access quality right there. That's 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 where if, we're at. If that, <laughs> not yet. Down yeah. in Cincinnati, the man again across from the coolest home haunt yard display in Hamilton, Ohio. We have Meat Hook Jim. Yeah, and I don't have to set it up. <laughs> or take care of it. Exactly. It's always there, you know. And I, uh, aside from that, I do have my skeletons on my balustrade. And I do have an Atmos X FX projector, which I have, like, people murdering people in the window every Halloween season. Yeah. I love that. You don't have to don't have to worry about it until it starts moving from year to year. Then you should be concerned. <laughs> Down in Fayetteville, Arkansas, we have ex home haunter, now pro haunter, Jonna the old crone. You know, I will never ever regret any of the time I spent as a home haunter. What what is your what is your pro haunt? Banshee Manor. Okay. Everybody go see Banshee Manor this this oh, this next October, you. okay? get down there it is it is excellent from what we have heard my name is drew badger my name is drew badger and you are listening to the round table of terror here on the big scary show well i'm running out forget true crime forget other podcasts i want to do i gotta do a podcast on kidney stones now (laughs) (laughs) right and and you the, the, the whole point is you can't say the word penis at all the entire time that's that's the challenge so far you're the only one who has i know right <laughs> but that's name of i don't know um, it, it could say many things that we'll discuss no <laughs> <laughs> Looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. The Independence, Bloody Night, Bloody Knife, on The Big Scary Show. A little story about a prom queen, another one. She was she's supposed to be. Well, sure, she kind of came home with me that night. But I know it takes a ticket of life. Well, she kinda got that line. And with a flash in my switchblade knife, I knew she'd always, always be mine. She came into the bedroom, looked around, and she was so rejected herself. It'd be up to the world, and that's what happened. I should have said, the bloody night, love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The face is cold. She could be something. 
And ladies and gentlemen, let's kick off January 2022 on a positive note by giving away a fantastic prize courtesy of ScreamlineStudios.com. It is time for the gruesome giveaway. Again, if you didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, go to ScreamlineStudios.com, take some of that Christmas money, and get some of their really cool stuff. Or you might be able to win something this month just by listening to the show going to ask you a question the answer's in the show if you think you know the answer send us an email with your name your phone number and the answer to contest at bigscaryshow.com before midnight on january 10th we'll select a random entrant and you could be a winner without further ado the question for the january gruesome giveaway is During Deadline News, we talked about a Ghostbuster anthology coming out on DVD and Blu-ray containing Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Walmart has said it's coming out on February 5th for a specific price point. What is that price point? If you think you know the answer, again, send us that answer with your name and phone number by midnight on january 10th email it to contest at bigscaryshow.com and you could be randomly selected as the winner for the january gruesome giveaway previous winners and family members of the big scary show are not eligible to win let's kick off 2022 with a winner good luck everyone Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated 
to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. Happy New Year 2022. For the past few months, I've been doing my take on spooky beers for Between the Corpses, but over the holidays, I came across a book that piqued my curiosity. Uh, and the author of the book is Jean Kellaway, and I'm going to be doing excerpts from her book, The History of Torture and Execution. And I'm going to start with a section called Before the Age of Reason, the Axe and Block. While the executioner's axe was hefty, its cutting edge was rarely sharpened. It killed not by clean cut, but mostly by crushing. Several blows were often necessary to part the head from the body. Victims of the axe were first paraded to the scene of their death. The more notorious the candidate, the higher the scaffold to afford the largest crowds a view. Before the condemned was a stout block of oak to cradle their neck. With a blindfold in place, the victim was helped into position, prostrate before the executioner. A high block was provided for the most noble men and women. A low block further compounded the indignity of death. It was customary for the executioner to brandish the severed head of those judged to be enemies of the state with the words, Behold the head of a traitor! So die all traitors. Another grim display of this uh, barbaric act was the fact that severed heads could be further used as a grim propaganda program by the king of the day. They were boiled in salt and displayed on spikes, in London, usually on London Bridge, for years the only point where the River Thames could be crossed. The heads might stay there for months. This backfired when John Fisher was executed in King Henry VIII's war against the Pope in 1535. A witness, Dr. Thomas Bailey, testified, It grew daily fresher and fresher, so that in his lifetime he never looked so well. Many people took it to be a miracle that Almighty God had showed the innocence and holiness of this blessed Father. The order came for the head to be tossed into the river town. Convicted of plotting against King Charles II in 1683, Lord Russell laid his head on the block. He handed Executioner Jack Ketch a purse of money, a traditional gesture among the nobility. But Ketch's first blow missed entirely. You dog, did I give you ten guineas to use me so inhumanely? Lord Russell rebuked. Ketch took numerous blows to sever the head. 
a fellow conspirator, Lord Monmouth, suffered the same horror two years later with Ketch wielding three blows and leaving the job unfinished. He flung down his axe, claiming, My heart fails me. The crowd called for Ketch's own head. He finished the grin task with a knife. The last man to die by the axe in Britain was an 80-year-old Lord Lovett, one of the leaders of the 1745 Jacobite Rebellion on April 8, 1747 at Tower Hill. So great was the crowd of onlookers that a specially constructed grandstand collapsed, killing 22 people. Executioner John Thrift thankfully accomplished his task with one blow. Now, there's a first example of some nice torture. Um, reading through this book, it's going to be some interesting source material. And again, thanks for Gene Kellaway for writing this fascinating book. Keep your head out of the block. neophytes and sit by the fire it's time to ask the old crone <laughs> do you find yourself needing some inspiration being a big fan of thinking outside the box i highly recommend this technique when looking for inspiration as well I recently attended two different theatrical productions of The Christmas Carol. It brought back memories of my days on the stage. And it's actually the first place I learned the art of using insulation foam board for set design. How to use lighting and sound to create any desired ambiance. Skills that I am still growing and utilizing many, many years later inside my haunted attraction. While watching these amazing shows, I was in awe of their unique takes on the exact same story. The way they use shadows for the ghost of Christmases yet to come. Silhouettes of tombstones in the cemetery. One even included an angel statue that you swore was nothing but a prop until it came to life. My mind was immediately taken to how I can use some of these same techniques in my haunt in the coming season. Having a medieval theme, I have often watched old movies set in that time period just to look at the sets and the lighting and costuming. The monster classics like Bela Lugosi, especially the old black and white films, didn't have the advantage of CGI or special effects. Vincent Price could make your blood run cold and send shivers up the spine of even the most courageous person with just his voice and the most menacing musical chords as backup. 
Even watching the comedy Laurel and Hardy meets Frankenstein gave me inspirations as the bumbling comedians would traverse the old castle. What we see on film as giant castle walls and large doors were in fact painted canvas flats. Here's a little inspirational exercise for you. Take some kind of ambient music such as Midnight Syndicate or Knox Arcana, two of my favorites. They both have several themes and styles to choose from, whether it's carnival or medieval or vampire. But close your eyes while you're listening and let the music just wander through your mind. What pictures and stories does it create? You'll find yourself very inspired. And when creating a backstory for other haunts, I usually start with the history and folklore in that area. An English pub asked me to help with a a backstory for a haunted house they wanted to do in their basement for a big Halloween party. So after a little bit of research of the area, I discovered that their building was at one time a nunnery. So a story about an excommunicated nun took shape before you knew it. A nun who took revenge on her sisters, you can say. Movies, books, TV, music are just a few places you can get inspiration. Open your mind to other mediums outside the haunt world to help you create something new and unique. You never know when inspiration can strike. But when it does, for heaven's sake, please write it down. I learned that one the hard way. Ah, the fire is dwindling to a mere ember, just like 2021 did. What will inspire you in 2022? Oh, and if you have questions or comments, please email me at scream at bansheemanor.com. Until then, don't forget to stir the cauldron. (laughs) A great new motion picture in the world's newest motion picture process, Cinemagic. The wonder of the added fourth dimension. With Cinemagic, you are actually on the first rocket ride to Mars in the Angry Red Planet. You feel the dizzying heights of their fantastic city of mile-high buildings. You'll shiver as you ride the River of the Dead. Your depth perception will increase a thousandfold as you look into the waters that lead to foreverness. And the terrors you meet on Mars are beyond man's imagination. The Rat Bat Spider. So real in Cinemagic, you'll feel the crazed stare of its blinded eyes, the tearing shock of its iron claws, the giant amoeba. Like an earth germ only a hundred million times larger. Thrills, shocks, terrors, and your first glimpse of the life and the world of Mars. All are yours to experience in The Angry Red Planet in Eastman 5250 color from American International. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com.
Calabrese, Ghost Wolves, on the Big Scary Show. As well as the Forga hosts, including Storm, Ransomore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com. And finally, you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. 
All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.